everyone, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Lou and I'm really excited to be sharing with you this morning what I feel God has put on my heart and spoken to me about for you this morning as we meet together. We're going to be looking at Ephesians 2 today, so why not grab your Bible, I've got mine here, and uh, start turning to there. It's okay to look in the contents page to find out where it is. But don't worry if you haven't got a Bible, the words are going to appear on the screen. But if you do have a Bible, I really want to encourage you to grab hold of it. I think it's really important for us to have it in front of us and we're going to be using it later together. So are you ready to hear what God has got for us this morning? If you're ready, then pop into the comments or the live chat below and say, I'm ready and uh, make me feel less alone as I start chatting today. So Father, I thank you. I thank you that the words I say this morning are just as relevant today as I record as they are on Sunday as they are every day. I thank you that you love to build relationship with us and Lord that you love to see us grow and mature by learning more about you and more about ourselves and how you've created us and who you've created us to be. I thank you today that you will speak to our hearts and our minds. I thank you that you will reveal Jesus more and more to us. And I thank you that you are changing us from one degree to the next to become more reflective of your kingdom, more flowing in your kingdom and more looking like Jesus. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you love us and you love to reveal truths to our hearts so we can grow and mature in you. Would you enlighten our hearts today? In Jesus' name, amen. So by way of introduction, I thought I would introduce myself to you with a few facts about me. The first is I have an absolute passion for seeing people released into everything they are meant to be. I love seeing people thrive. The second thing that you need to know is I absolutely love creating things, whether that is in my writing, in work, in the kitchen or on stage. I absolutely love creating things and creating things for people, particularly if it releases them into their passions and their and their purpose. And finally, in the last few months, I have consumed a lot of TV, whether that's on YouTube or Now or Prime or Netflix, other channels are available. I have just consumed so much TV and I realised that I just slipped into an abyss of just watching anything and everything. And so at the beginning of November, I decided to put a stop on it and have instead in the weekdays been trying to explore my other passions and my other hobbies. And at the weekends, I've been focusing on if I watch anything, it's being filmed. I'll be honest, it's not going well, but I'm trying and that's what matters. So question number one to you this morning is this, what is your favourite film? Pop it in the comments below, I promise I won't judge because I'm going to be telling you my one of my favourite films later. You know, I'm often drawn to films that are about becoming, about people who discover who they are and in light of that become something more or do something great. So Captain Marvel, I absolutely love it and I love when she finds out who she is. It completely transforms her mind and and how she then acts and and how she portrays herself in the world or even like the wizard of oz three friends going on a journey together to work out who they really are and what their purpose is 
on a journey together in community. I think we love films like that and I think it's because the world is longing for significance, to know that we're significant, to know that we have purpose, to know that life is meaningful, especially at the moment. We want to know that there's some form of meaning in the world and, and you can see this because you only need to go on Facebook or on any form of social media to see adverts of people who are trying to sell you the next best thing, trying to show you that how you can be and who you can be. Coaching is massive in, in, in the Western world at the moment. Being able to pull out of people their passions and their purpose. So I want to tell you today, purpose is powerful. Knowing what we're meant to be doing, it's part of our good mental well-being. We know this, we see this in, in research. And I want to encourage you today that if you know Jesus, then who you are and what your purpose is, is already secure in him. You carry purpose. But whoever you are, whether you know Jesus or you don't know Jesus, I want to encourage you. Your life was created for purpose. I'd love you to stick around to find out why. So let's read Ephesians 2. Okay, so hopefully you've got it open at Ephesians 2. I would love it if you read along with me. Um, I just think it's really powerful to read scripture aloud, even if you're sat on your own in your, in your bedroom reading it. Ephesians 2, we're starting from verse 1 and working through to verse 10. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived amongst them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh, following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But... Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. This is a gift from God, not by works. So no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. That is a lot. So thankfully, we are actually only going to be centering on verse 10. But what you need to know is the first nine matter. You see, Paul's letter to the Ephesians flows like a like a monologue of just joy. It's full of therefores and for this reason. And he, it's like Paul's outpouring. He keeps reminding himself of more and more of what the gospel means to us. It's hard to find a cutoff point, actually. It's as though Paul speaks about one thing and just gets caught up in the next. I would really encourage you to read the, the letter as a whole, but also maybe to just spend time in each chapter. You know, there's six weeks till the end of the year. Why not take a chapter each week? Order matters. See, if you process what we've just read in the wrong order, 
you miss out on the power of it. Paul is showing God's infrastructure for our new life in Jesus. It's important that we know whose before who before what. Whose before who before what. Order matters. We need to know who is before who before what. And we even see that as we unpack verse 10 itself. Those first few words. For we are his. Who's he? If we track back to verses one to three, which we've just read, we see who he is. You see, we were dead in our sins. We were turned away from God. We were disobedient. We we were walking in our own ways. But like those great soundtracks in films where you know the sound changes and something amazing is about to happen. Verse four powers in with but God, who is rich in mercy but God who is rich in mercy this is who he is he is rich in mercy he has great love for us <laughs> he loves us he has power verse 5 over sin and death he has made us alive though we were dead he has covered us in grace he has saved us from an eternity without him. And not only that, he has raised us up. So no longer are we walking away from him, but instead we are seated in heavenly realms and not by our work, but by his grace. This is who he is. This is whose we are. Our identity is secure. Our significance is secure. Whose are we? We are his and it is glorious. And all this because of Jesus. All this because of God's great love for us in coming to humanity to die a death he didn't deserve for us. And then to overcome death and sin as he rose again from the grave. This is whose we are and it's powerful. He is our saviour and our king and lord and yet he is also our father and our friend. Why is it important we know this? Why is it important we know that whose we are before who we are before what we are called to? It's because we need to have the right mindset of who we are and whose we are and who is doing the calling. If we don't know whose we are, we could think we work for a harsh taskmaster and we couldn't be more wrong. It is an adventure with a loving father, but we'll park that for later. So my question is, do you know him? Do you know him? And, and if you don't, that's okay, stick around. He longs to be in relationship with you. You can start by just saying to him, you know, Jesus, I, I want to get to know you and maybe reach out to someone, one of us. You can message us or you can talk to a friend who, who is who does know Jesus. And if you do know him, do you know what he says about you? Let's have a look. For we are his workmanship, his handiwork, his masterpiece. There, there are many words in different translations. Why not pop the words that it says in your translation in the chat below? Love to see the different words that different translations pull out. So 
in my love for words I wanted to go back to the original Greek and just see what it is and if you know me it is no surprise to you that I was so blown over mind blown when I saw what the original word was now sorry Greek scholars I will probably get pronunciation wrong but the word is poema or poema and the word means poetry it's where we get that word from poetry we are his poetry divine poetry yeah, if we look through verses one to nine as we have we we can see that even salvation itself the plan of taking us from death to life and raising us up in christ who overcame death even looking at that it's a masterpiece but i believe that god wants us to know too that it's not just that working of a masterpiece but that he also has created us as his divine work of art as c.s lewis calls it remember the temple that pete was talking about last week when you look at how the temple was designed it was detailed it was ornate it was beautiful it was wonderful it made people stop and look why because it was the place of god and God does the same in us. We are detailed and ornate and beautifully and wonderfully and fearfully made. And it can feel really self-centered to think this way. Surely I can't say that I am a masterpiece. Well, no, not by your own works, but, but by what God is doing in you, yes. We are divine works of art and it's not self-centered because God has always made everything good. And so if we say, well, not me, though, what does that say about the maker? Tim Keller says this. Do you know what it means to be God's workmanship? What is art? Art is beautiful. Art is valuable. Art is an expression of the inner being of the maker, of the artist. Imagine what that means. You're beautiful, you're valuable, you're an expression of the inner work being of the artist, the divine artist, God himself. You see, when Jesus gave himself on the cross, he didn't say, I'm just going to die so you know I love you. He said, I'm going to die, I'm going to bleed for your splendor i'm going to recreate you into something beautiful i'm going to turn you into something splendid magnificent i'm the artist you are the artist spurgeon said we're the paint we're the smudges of paint he is the creator keller goes on you don't look like much there in the quarry but i can see jesus says i can see beloved you are his crowning achievement his masterpiece. I actually believe that the more we believe this about ourselves and the more we allow that truth to settle in our, in our heart, the less self-centered we become because we are focused instead on what God is saying and in who God has made us to be and in what God has done in our lives. I want to ask just right now that God would be freeing you from believing that you are anything less than a masterpiece. His light shines through you. You are wonderfully made. Be
be free to believe that. You know, and Paul actually goes on, and we, I haven't got time to unpack that, but Paul goes on after verse 10 to say that actually when we believe this, we, we see everyone in the same way. And actually we become less self-centered because we see everyone, because we see everyone as uniquely and wonderfully made. And we can celebrate and honour them then. It's not self-centered if we're focusing on the one who is saying it. So my question is, do you believe it? For we are his workmanship, his own masterpiece, his divine work of art, born anew in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand so that we would walk in them. So I asked you earlier what your favourite films are. I hope that later when I get to read through this, I will see what some of you love. Now, don't judge me, but one of my favourite film franchises is Charlie's Angels, the newer ones and actually some of the older TV versions. And not just number one, but number two, and actually number three as well. Quite like that one too. I think it's a third, I don't know. The third one made recently. Question, have you ever watched it? Pop yes in the comments so I don't feel alone. I mean, only pop it in the comments if you've watched it, that'd be weird. But there's this scene in the second movie, Full Throttle, that gets me every time. You see, one of Charlie's angels, called Dylan, played by Drew Barrymore, gets reminded of her life before she became an angel. And so she runs away from the team because she believes that she is easily replaceable and that she's not as good or gifted as the other two. Ex-angel, for those of you who enjoy the TV programme, Kelly Garrett, turns up. And recognising her has a conversation with her where she reminds her, where she reminds Dylan of whose she is, Charlie's, and of who she is, uniquely made. And then she promptly disappears. But this reminder puts courage back into Dylan, who then comes out of hiding and rejoins the angels and saves the whole world, or something like that. So yeah, movies sometimes fall short, but the point is this. She is reminded whose she is and who she is. And that puts faith and conviction and courage and strength in her to go out and do seemingly good works. I would encourage you to encourage each other in whose we are and who we are because it is powerful. Because if we don't have the right mindset of who's, who he is and who we are, then serving God becomes nothing it becomes striving and, and chore like and as if we were orphans working for an approval or or a or a harsh taskmaster yes he's our lord and king and and we obey him and we walk in those works but we hold that with the powerful truth that he is our father and we are his sons and his daughters like a father who organises a treasure hunt for his children, we seek out with the father a daily treasure for each day. This is not about work, but good works. Works that are good, not just for the community, but for us and, and our growth in him. It's about joyful intimacy, partnering, co-labouring with Jesus, co-labouring with the Father, allowing Holy Spirit to inspire us daily. 
It's about grace upon grace upon grace. Yes, God gives us natural gifts and, and talents, but it is by his grace that good works are done. So this is an important truth that we, we must hold on to. And it sounds counter to everything I've said, but it is this. God does not want to use us. Spoiler alert, he doesn't even need to. It's not about God using us as pawns in some spiritual master game. It's about his delight in working together with us to advance his kingdom and to extend his rule and influence in the land. We are his fully loved. Before we've done anything, we are fully loved. And yet that love compels us to then walk in his ways. The more we walk with him, the more we know his voice. And the more we know his leading into good works. All that matters. That's why we need to know whose we are before, who we are before what. What are these good works? One place that we can start, but unfortunately sometimes just end in, is the Great Commission in Matthew. And, and don't get me wrong. Of course, it is a great place to start. And of course, that is part of the good works. That is the good works that we are called to do, to go and make disciples of all nations. Yet we are also uniquely tailor-made with gifts and with passions and with skills that God has placed in us to do good works. And he's placed us in various destinations, even around this town or this county. He's placed us in these destinations to influence people for him. You know, too often, I think we can miss what is directly in front of us. A bit like Dorothy and her friends in Oz. They, they sought out this emerald city where all their answers would be. This man who, who turns out to be a con. I mean, like I said, films aren't always the best allegories. But... Sometimes we can think that we need to venture and strive towards working out what our purpose is and this grand event that God has got for our lives. And often, actually, it's the journey that is our purpose. God reveals it through community and friendship and what we're good at already doing. The lion already had courage, he just did not know it. You know, it's like the words Kelly Garrett says to Dylan in, in Charlie's Angels. She says, sometimes we search for answers that are right in front of us. Perhaps we should also listen to the words in Jeremiah chapter 29. We so often centre on verse 11 about plans and purposes that God has got for us. And yet we miss the order, the first 11 verses, where God asks us in the land that we are put in to build houses to live, to plant gardens, to produce, to seek the welfare of the city and pray on behalf of it. Good works. We are to settle where God has placed us and it might be that God is calling us somewhere else but he'll make that happen in his time. We don't need to go searching off for something, it is right here. Our purpose is where God has placed us and what he has placed in us. We could also look and think that spiritual giftings are good works and, and while they, those and our natural giftings are really helpful, gifts are tools for but they are not the good works themselves. 
The place where I think it would be helpful for us to look is Isaiah 61, which I quoted from a couple of weeks ago in worship. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness the, pris the prisoners. And it goes on with different things that the Lord's anointing has done. And, and Jesus actually quotes this as his manifesto. I wonder if, if you would take time to just reflect on those verses. Because for some of you, it will ignite fire. All of them will just be like, yes. But I think for others of us, there's certain things we're drawn towards. I know for me that I'm always drawn into the freedom for captives. Always, always. That is where my heart burns the most. And as we read on through to the end of verse three, it says we are a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendour. This is who we are. This is who we have been created to be. Let's do what he has called us to do. Let's be a planting. Let's settle. Let's put our roots down. We are a planting for the Lord's splendour. As it says in Ephesians 2 verse 7, we are displaying his kindness, his mercy, his love, his power to the world around us. Jesus read this as, as his manifesto, as I said in, in Luke 4, and if we are to follow in his footsteps, then it would be a good place to start. Not by works that we can boast, but instead out of peaceful and loving obedience and rejoicing in the fact that we are his and he has created this for us. This is our new life. And as we spend time with the Father, we begin to walk in his ways. And, and there's ways in which we can work out good works. And I'm willing to offer time to our church if you want to work through this, this together. And on Zoom later, I'm going to give you a really simple way of starting that process of working out your purpose in Christ. So I'd love you to turn up with a piece of paper and a writing tool. And actually, children can probably do this as well, maybe with a little help from mum and dad. But uh, children can be involved in this as well. I believe that our new life, the Christian life, is full of relationship with the Father, with God, whose love then compels us to act, whose rivers flow through us, as Pete reminded us last week. And as we flow or, or walk out in the good works that he has prepared for, that he has prepared for us. These good works don't always feel particularly grand or main stage but they are about how God has uniquely made you, about what he's placed in your hand or, or in the land you have been given. Not grand, but in your hand or on the land. And yet in God's sight, they are beautiful, splendorous, a masterpiece, because it's his great work of grace at work in you, his adventure of life unfolding in you. For you are his divine work of art, planted for his splendour, where you are, displaying his kingdom as you walk in him and the good works he has tailor-made for you. In Jesus' name, Amen.